Amen. He is worthy to be praised today. And I'm excited. We're going to be wrapping up a six-week series titled Community. Say that word with me. Community. Community. And we've actually called this a 40-day campaign. We have been praying and seeking and asking God for a deeper level of community and unity to take place within our congregation, within our church. And our prayer goes beyond that, that within that deeper level of, of relationship with each other and unity and community, that it would, it would literally be infused outside of the walls of the church within our community, guys. And I'm so excited. The last 40 days I have seen and witnessed going to all these small groups that we've had in Holly Pond. We've had four different small groups. Been so excited and so so thankful for our leaders and all those that have been attending. It has been powerful, and we are seeing and witnessing God doing something amazing and real within our congregation. Can I get an amen? amen. So as we wrap this up today, we're going to talk about what we've learned. The challenge for us, for you and for me and your neighbors, tell them if you got a neighbor today, say, hey, hey. you got a challenge. Right. The challenge is that we don't see this wrap-up, this, this end of our 40-day race, as the end. Right. This was a leg of the race. We have an eternal race. And our challenge is, so what am I going to do with what I experienced at small groups as I stepped out of my comfort zone and began to live by faith and do some things maybe I haven't done in church as a part of the church? What am I going to do with what I've learned? And God, what specific purpose and place do you have for me within your church community? Because that's my prayer. As we come to the end of this, that this would be a momentum builder and earth shaker, that we would have real unity and real community, that we could be known as the church in Holly Pond that has real, somebody say real, Put that in the chat today if you're with us online. Real, real community and real unity. Because you know what? You cannot fake unity. You either got it or you don't. So let's be a got it church. Right? We ain't got to fake like we're perfect. And a one of us perfect, right? That's why we're here. Because we know the only perfect one. We're in this transformational relationship. And when we all come together based on that, that revelation of who Jesus is, that foundational truth that, that we are who we are because of Jesus, that's something we can be united in, that truth. And that's the only truth that matters. And if we can do that, then we'll have real unity. Look at this. We said that the, the level and the depthness of the unity that we either have or we don't have determines the type of impact that we can make as a community in our community. The deeper, the deeper our unity is, and guess who hates unity, guys? The enemy. Some of y'all are following along with me. Praise Jesus. And the most dangerous thing for him, the devil, the enemy, is if we actually all got on board, come on somebody, with God's mission and His commands and what His Word says and what God calls us, who we are as creations in Christ and who we are as a church and the specific purpose that He has for LCHP, 
What would happen if we actually bought in, got on board, and walked that out? That. Look out. Put that in the chat today. I like that, Miss Becky. Look out. Because that's how we impact our world for God's glory. But we either got it or we don't. So look at that first point for today. As this is really a, a wrap-up to our six-week series, we're going to kind of just hit the high, the high points. And if you missed any of these messages, maybe you're visiting with us today or this is your, your first time, you can find us online and you can check out all our old messages. If what I say really impacts you today or you feel like the Holy Spirit's really speaking to you today, you can, you can learn more about this and what we talked about. It's available online for you. But we're going to kind of give you the high points of what we've been talking about these last few weeks. So look at that first point. It says, we learn about worshiping together through praise. Say that word with me. Praise. Say this word with me. Prayer. And say that last word with me. Giving. We learned about worshiping together. I don't know about you, but one of my favorite parts of my week is coming to church on Sunday morning and worshiping with you guys. Not just because we have a super awesome, amazing worship team who's anointed and uh, who I love and respect, but there's something powerful when we gather corporately together and worship the King of Kings. Heaven opens up. Now, there are moments, places, and seasons in our life where you're going to have to worship alone. There are moments when you get hurt, when you are having the worst day and you're on your way to work and your life is, is, is being attacked and it's getting blown up from, from every which side, you're going to have to be your best worship leader. You're going to have to worship alone. There are moments and there are seasons that we have to do that. But I want to say God calls us to worship together. Because when we worship together through praise, through prayer, through giving, Pastor Ian, when I think of worship, I, I don't think of giving. They don't really go together, Pastor. Yes, it does. There is no other way you can worship him in a more tangible, real way than when you worship him with your bank account. Can I get an amen? When you believe in Jesus Christ so much that you, by faith, bring in your tithes every week. When you pay Jesus before you pay the light bill. Malachi 3.10. Bring in the, the tithes into my storehouse, God says. When we do that together, what happens? Unity. When we worship together, Christ unites us. When we worship Christ together. When we worship through prayer. See, prayer is what connects us to God. Prayer is a dialogue. Prayer is, is supernatural. It's, it's spiritual. But sometimes I think, I think we look at prayer as this, this big chore. God, I can't sit and pray for 30 minutes. Heck, we try and pray for five minutes, and you're checking your phone, you're checking your watch. What if we didn't look at prayer as this 30-minute this chore, if you looked at prayer as your dialogue with God from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed? And when we're all praying for the same things to happen in our church, when we're all praying together for, for people that are hurting, who are going through tests and trials, when we pray together, unity, community happens. And when we give together, statistics say that, this is funny because God calls us to bring in the tithe. Tithe literally means 10% of, of, of what he gives us 
through whatever job we work. Right? You make 600 bucks, you, God calls that 60 his. It's all his, but he asks us by faith to bring the 10%, the tithe. Statistics, modern-day statistics in the modern church say right around 10% of Christians actually tithe. What would happen if 100% of Christians tithe? We could feed more people. We could help more hurting people. We could grow this sanctuary. Maybe we could build a new building. Maybe we could, you fill in the blank, have more outreaches. We learned that worshiping together through praise, prayer, and giving brings about unity and community that the devil can't touch. Our praise is what bends God's ear. It bends His grace and His mercy to us. Our prayer is what connects us. And our giving is that tangible way that we can buy in, literally buy in to the kingdom of God. Right? And when we do all four of those together, worshiping, praise, prayer, in giving, Miss Becky, I literally had this wrote down on my, my iPad this morning. You better watch out. Because when those four things happen, we just, we just sent the, the enemy some, some eviction notice, right? We are on the move because our God is on the move. Let's open our Bibles together. Look at Matthew. I want you to turn to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. Turn to chapter 18. Give you a few verses. I actually reference this verse a lot when, when we're gathering and, and, and praise and worship or praying together with, with other folks. And look at, look at the commandment that Jesus says. It says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done to them by my Father in heaven. For where what? Two or three are gathered in what? In my name. I am there in the midst of them. If we gather and worship and pray and give in His name, He's there. If we gather in His name with no other agenda on the plate, on the schedule, if our agenda is His agenda and we touch and agree and we worship and pray and we give together, He is there. And he goes even beyond. He says, what they ask for will be granted to them. Can I take that a little deeper for a second? That doesn't mean instantaneously. The manifestation of the thing that you're praying for. Now, sometimes it does. I have seen God show up in a moment and answer that prayer. Anybody ever seen or experienced that? Come on, somebody. Right? So I don't want to undervalue or undercut what God can do because He can. But what I want to do is inspire faith for those who are maybe in the waiting. Because you may see that scripture and you've been praying for a healing or a loved one to, to come back to the Lord. Or you may be praying for deliverance or healing in your own life. And, and you pray and you pray. And you say, I've even asked all the people to pray with me. We've prayed together and this thing has not just happened. I just want to tell you that you know what? Just because it hasn't happened yet, someone say yet, doesn't mean it's not going to happen. 
enemy wants to pluck that little seed of faith that you have to get you to do what? To give up, to roll over, to say, why am I doing this? Say, is this really worth it? To say, this is too hard. To say, I might try something else. The only thing the enemy has to offer is counterfeit to the things of God. And if you can stay firm in your faith and you can come together, and that's what this whole message has been about, coming together, inviting other people into the struggles, into the tests of my life. Have you told anybody that you're praying for that thing? Have you told anybody how discouraged you've been feeling? Because you're believing, but it's not yet happening. Because that's when unity and community happens. When we open up and we let our, our guard down and be vulnerable with those that we can trust and those that, that have our backs and those that we know that are actually praying for us. And when we do that, we gather in His name, by His agenda, we worship, we pray, and we give together, and there He is. When we do that together, that is how we release the favor and the grace of God upon our lives. Who wants some good old favor and grace? right? I don't want it just for me. I want it for you. I want it for you because I love you. And what I got is so good, I, it can't be contained. What I got is so real, I want everybody to experience it. So we got to worship together. We got to pray together. We got to give and serve together. Amen? Look at that next point. Another thing we learned is we learned about worshiping together. We, we learned about fellowshipping together. I kind of just alluded to this the importance of being in relationship, and not just any old relationship, accountable relationships, healthy, growing relationships that hold me accountable to God's grace and standard and to inspire me to go farther and deeper with Him, right? Because why? We're better. Someone say better. We're better and stronger together. Imagine that. There are levels and devils that you cannot beat without somebody else's help. The Bible says it like this, as iron some of y'all read your word, praise God. As iron sharpens iron. How do we stay sharp? Need to be in the sword, which is the sharpest. God's living word. But I need to be in relationship with others who are also pursuing a life of faith, who are every day sharpening their life to his life. And when I get in relationship with people like that, they keep me sharp. They keep me focused. They spur me on when it's getting hard. They spur me on when, it's, when, when, I'm, when I'm in a dark place, in a depressed place. And not only do they, do they encourage me when it's getting hard, they cheer me on when God's showing up. And they motivate each other because we fellowship together because we're better together. If you've been doing your faith alone, I know Proverbs 4.23, right? We use it in excuse. It says, guard your heart above all else, right? And we're supposed to do that. Vet people that you allow into your life. Don't just let anybody in your life. Don't tell them your deepest secrets. You better pray God send. Send somebody that I can trust, that I know is seeking you, 
And if God sends you that person, then, then you've got to begin to let some of those walls down and see that, you know what, you're better with this person in my life. Now it means we've got to get real, we've got to get honest, we've got to get open and transparent about who we really are, the things I'm really struggling with and dealing with. And when we do that in an honest way, you can grow up out of the pain, grow up out of the issue, and we get stronger and we get better together, right? Turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 44. It says, and all the believers met what? Together. This is the, the, the modern day church since Jesus ascended, the, the, the birthplace of the modern day church in its infancy, in its first first hours and days and weeks of the church that believed that Jesus Christ is, this is how they acted. This is how they responded. Look what it says. It says, the believers met together in one place. What do you think they were doing in that place? They were worshiping together. They were praying together. They were giving together. They were growing together. They were fellowshipping together. And what does it say? And they shared everything that they had. They fellowshiped together. What immediately happened when they all by faith believed that Jesus was? They didn't see their their neighbor. They didn't even see a stranger as competition anymore. They didn't see what the person has as something that they're, 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 they're trying to get what the person has. They understood that they had everything that Jesus bought for them. And when you understand that everything you have has been given by God, guess what? You share everything. You share your life. You share your troubles. You share your trials. You might share your home for an evening or a week if somebody gets, gets kicked out of their home and don't have anywhere to go. You might, you might share your car. You might, you might share your money to help somebody who's down and out. You might share your ear to sit and listen to talk to somebody who needs somebody to talk to at 2 a.m. You will share everything that you have if you know everything that you have was paid for by him. And that's what we are called to do. I said this last week. Guys, we got to get this image out of our lives that church is not just something that I attend on Sunday morning. I get up, I go through the routine, I get my fancy clothes on, I do my hair. I'm on my best behavior for one day of the whole week. I amen the preacher. I live like Jesus on Sunday, and Monday morning I'm cussing like a sailor. A church is not something that we turn on and turn off. The church is a living, breathing body of people. It's who we are. It's, it's, it's who we are. We understand that we're better together, and we're stronger together. Amen? One of the cool things, this is a little surprise for you guys, that I wanted to do as we wrap this message up today is, we had four small groups in Holly Pond, and I asked all the leaders to identify some folks who would come up on stage and just testify real quick about what God did in their lives through small group and how powerful and amazing it was for them. So I got three people that you're going to get to listen to today. And the first one, I'm going to go ahead and invite him up, Mr. Marshall. Give him a hand. Mr. Marshall Couch. And he's making his way up here, and, and each of them are going to read a little statement, and then I, I said if the Holy Spirit prompts them to, to share anything a little extra, uh, that they can. Sir, I love you. Proud of you. Love you brother. Love this brother. So the last 40 days, while engaged with our small group, I was reminded and refreshed on a lot of aspects of community service. The true idea 
of real love for our brothers and sisters that are not only fellow believers that we sit beside on Sunday morning, but also the ones that are still wandering in search of the answers. In every action and reaction, be motivated by unconditional love, being as selfless as possible, reaching and supporting each other with strength and the wisdom we gather through the spirit that guides us. I personally have enjoyed sharing and growing in our group setting together. As 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, encourage one another and build each other up. So moving forward, I hope to hold on to these lessons and take every opportunity to help build and not to hinder. Amen. Love you, sir. Don't think I could have said that better myself. Amen. That's Michelle's man. You ladies better back out. Right? I asked them to share because what, what transpired these last 40 days is real. Right? He opened up and he shared his heart and, and what God is saying and what God is doing. And I love Marshall. I know he's, he's pretty awesome. But guess what? God's favor and grace over him is the same for you. So he, he's not going to just do that just for Marshall. He'll do that for you too. But it's always going to take a leap of faith. You'll have to get out of your comfort zone. You'll have to get in relationship with new people. Right? You'll have to do some things. But guess what? He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Right? You can. Say this with me. I can because Jesus says so. Amen. You can. You can. Look at that next point. So we learn growing about growing together. We need each other to become the people that God has called us to be. Who is in a daily relationship with Jesus Christ? Amen. I hope that's most of us or all of us. If that's not you, I'm excited for you. You can change that today. Right? There'll be a moment before I close today, I promise, where you can pray to accept Jesus Christ and you can start this transformational relationship. Right? So when we, when we enter into that relationship with Jesus, as I said, we're not saying that we're perfect, that we're put together. We're saying that we believe in Jesus and we are starting this transformational life. We are trying to what? Become. We are trying to become better than what our lives used to be. Every day there sh- when you wake up, there should be a victory banner that says, you know what? I'm still growing. I'm still becoming. Praise God. I'm better th- today than I was. Amen. And my prayer is, God, get me through today and grow me today so that tomorrow my life can look better than it does today. John the Baptist, when he baptized his cousin Jesus, he literally said, less of me. He must increase and I must. That's what a daily relationship. He increases in you and you decrease. Does the world just get you? Mr. or Mrs. fill in the blank or do they get the king of kings? I'm not saying we're, we're perfect. We'll have hiccups. We'll, we'll, we'll respond in, in not the best of ways with our spouses or at work when we're getting angry or getting fussed at. But, but in those moments, if I can slow down and let the Holy Spirit lead my life and guide my words, guide my actions, He can increase and I can decrease. So if the goal, as we say, as we hopefully agree, is to become more like Jesus, you cannot become without growth. 
So many people think, oh, if I just say a prayer, it's all over, right? Like, I'm saved, I'm, I'm, I'm born again. Yes, and, and kind of no. I, I'm not a pastor that preaches once saved, always saved. Because it says, but by our faith, we'll, we'll do something. Faith without works is... So if I really say a sincere prayer, then my life should reflect what happened. So if I pray to accept Jesus, and I go home that day and drink a 12-pack cuss at my, my family, and live like the devil, I don't. And, and we can have discussions. I, I don't believe that you said a sincere prayer because if, if you said a sincere prayer, guess what? There's a sincere repentance. Man, that's a word you don't hear a whole lot. We have to repent from our sin. The things that God despises. Now, God loves you. Hear me but he hates sin. So there is a righteousness and a justice that God has and that God is. He embodies those things. But we have to be coming and we have to be growing. And if we want to be all that God's called us to be, we have to grow together. Because as I said, if we're honest, if I'm doing Lone, Ran Lone Ranger Christian type of life and I'm my only voice that I hear, I'm my only motivation that I hear, you need to hear somebody else's voice to tell you what's going, to help give you a broader vision of, of clarity, to, to tell you the things that you are doing right, that you are doing good, and, and to step on your toes if you're doing something you shouldn't be. Because they love you. You've all heard me say this, right? I care more about the destination of your soul than I do about the condition of your toes. If you got people in your life that love you that much to worry about the destination of your soul, that they don't care about the condition of your toes, you better hang on to them. What are they doing? They're loving you. They don't want you to compromise God's love for your sin. They're, they're, they are trying to keep you sharp. They're trying to help you grow. Because God often uses others to keep us sharp. Look at Ephesians 4.16. It says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It what? Helps the other parts grow. There's that word. Highlight that word. That's our magic word. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. If we look at the church not as a building, a place that I go, a location, but as a person, as a body of believers, our physical bodies have all sorts of parts. And Jesus is the head. Someone say head. Head of that body. And some of us are the arms, some of us are the legs, some of us are the fingers, the toes. And when that body comes together in unity... And we are healthy and growing and full of love, the body benefits. We need a body that is encouraging and motivating each other. How do I know if I'm living a healthy spiritual life? Well, according to Ephesians 4.16, are you growing and are you full of love? If the answer is yes to those two questions, 
you are spiritually thriving, going, and growing in Christ. Amen. I want to ask my next uh, guest speaker to come up, Mr. Jonathan Talley. Give him a big hand. Oh, that was a big applause right there. He is awesome. Jonathan, I love you, sir. Very proud of this brother, too. I've known him since. Can I tell a quick story about you? We opened up on Easter five Easter's ago, so it'll be our sixth Easter. They were literally here at our first service that we ever had in Holly Pond. And praise God, they're still here. Amen. Love you, sir. So uh, my name is Jonathan Talley. Um, my wife, Abby, and I went to Dick and Tina's small group. And uh, unfortunately, due to health issues, uh, we had to uh, switch to Tanya's small group. So I want to thank her for taking our small group in. And uh, continue to pray for Dick as he's uh, recovering, on the road to recovery. Yes. Um, for me personally, I know for others in our small group, the 40 days acted as kind of a rekindling of the love we have for each other. And uh, it just reminded me how much we need small groups. Um, I really enjoyed the teachings on uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, it kind of showed that those verses to me in a new light. Because a lot of times, you know, you hear those verses at weddings because it's about love and Depending on how long-winded the preacher is, you may or may not be rolling your eyes. But uh, to see him use that in a way that showed, like, the church's love for one another and how we can use the attributes of love just was really, really neat. When Abby and I first started coming to Liberty five or six years ago, it was really small groups that kept us coming. Um, that's where, you know, we felt loved and where true friendships were born. Um, Sunday mornings are great, and we're all called to be part of a life-giving church, but I feel like if you're not part of a small group, if you're not part of your community, then you're not really receiving everything Christ meant for us when he gave us the church. Amen. Um, so this week I was thinking and praying about what to say, and the Lord kind of showed me three different things, um, three different levels of relationships we have in our lives. So the first is an acquaintance. Um, these are people you see every so often, you know their name, but you don't really know them. You know some facts about them, but you don't really know who they are, you know, what they're like. And uh, I feel like if you just come on Sunday mornings, that's kind of as deep as you're going to get. You're going to maybe know them, maybe not know them, but uh, the second one is a friend. So, you know, when you're engaged in your church, you're engaged in small groups, in your community, you build friendships, and uh, these relationships are formed over time when you're part of a healthy church. Uh, these people know you, and you allow them to know you, or you know them, and yeah, anyway. Um, the third is family. So when you continue to foster those friendships that naturally happens over time, friends become a part of your family, your forever family, as we like to say here at Liberty. These are people you cannot live life without and people you lean on and lean with when times get tough. So God wants you a part of a life-giving church and a part of the forever family. But at the end of the day, it's your engagement that determines how big of an impact liberty has in your life. Uh, me and Abby, we know from experience that when times are hard, this family is the one to be a part of. And it's uh, really all I have. I do have a little plug right here at the end. So our community outreach for our small group is we're going to be getting some brown bags and putting food and general toiletries and necessities in them and put them on the doorsteps of people in the community, some of the apartments and some of the government-assisted housing. 
So if anyone, anyone would like to donate to that, just get with Tanya or Miss Becky. We plan on doing that uh, December 10th, so the Sunday. So if you could get that to us before then, that would be great. Amen. Amen. Man, that's so powerful. So awesome. That's, that's something real. And that's, that's who our God is. And I'm so glad that he, he, he plugged there a little bit. You know, that's something we haven't really talked about on Sunday mornings, really through these last six weeks, is the projects that we're all doing. Who's been going to small groups? Raise your hand. Right? So y'all had a project, hopefully, that you guys agreed on and that you're, you're praying over. And so th- that's going to be the most exciting thing as we, as we cap this off, you know, getting our feet literally in the, the community of Holly Pond and making a real impact. And that's my prayer goes beyond what, what we've been talking about, that, that our, our love would go beyond words and become actions. And when we show people how much that they're loved, they might actually listen to us when we tell them that God loves them. Right? And so I'm super excited about y'all's projects going forward, too, as we, as we wrap this up. Look at that next point. Anybody glad you came to church today? Man, y'all picked a good day to come to church. So we learned this. We learned about serving together as Jonathan kind of was just talking about their project and talking about the service that they're going to do together. Teamwork makes the... And there is so much God has for us to do. And you know what? When you do what God's called you to do with other people, it's so much fun. It's, it's, It's so awesome when you get to be part of somebody else's miracle or answered prayer or be a part of something that is real in someone else's life with other people, there is nothing like it. There's nothing like it. So we learned the importance of our service, servicing the kingdom of God. Now, we need service at our physical church, right? We need ushers. We need teachers. We need children's church workers. We need media team members. We need small group leaders, but I don't want us to be so focused. And we have real needs, guys. If you're interested in serving in the church, we got a place for you. you got to join the Connection class. It's next Sunday, right? But I don't want us to be so focused of our own church needs, our own church stuff. Someone say stuff. It's, I'm not, it's important, but I don't want us to be so focused on what we're doing inside these walls that we lose sight of the greater service that really matters, and why we're doing what we're doing, right? That's what keeps us excited and energized as we're engaged in God's plan, right? We can't accomplish who believe God has a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, what does it say? For God, He has a plan, right? His plans are for good and not disaster, not to harm, right? But, But to help and to prosper. So God has a plan, Think of this. We cannot accomplish that specific plan that God has for LCHP. We can't do it individually. You can't just depend on Pastor Ian to accomplish God's plan. It's beyond me. And I can't just depend on y'all individually to do something big and amazing. But if we can come together as the body of Christ now... We can see God's plan fulfilled and moved in a radical way. Amen. Turn to the middle of your Bibles there. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 12. 
about serving together and we're talking about unity and community. It says, two people are better than one for they can help each other, what? Succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But if someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Better highlight that verse for your own benefit today. Likewise, two people living, excuse me, lying together, close together, can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple graded cord is not easily broken. We all need help. Your gifts can be somebody else's blessings. And the things that you currently lack, somebody else has. And so if we come together, we help protect each other's lives, help protect each other's blind spots. Now we need to be vulnerable in a healthy way with those that we're in relationship with. But you know who you don't want to be vulnerable to? The devil. And if you do life alone, guess what? You're vulnerable to being attacked on all sides. You think you got it all figured out. You got all the answers. That won't happen to me. Mm. But, somebody say but. If you have some other people you can trust, you can conquer two Together. Amen. The last guest speaker I got is Mr. Dawson Tinker. You come up here, sir. You may recognize him. The boy got baptized this morning, and now he's preaching for Jesus. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. This 40 days of community has really been an awakening. Uh, going into my first small group experience, I was very nervous, but excited to meet people on a deeper level. Everyone welcomed, welcomed me with open arms, and I quickly realized it was going to be a life-changing experience. I'm so grateful for my small group leaders, Brittany and Corey. Well, shameless plug. And I thank them for opening my spiritual doors even wider than it was before. I learned so much through 40 40 days of community, but most importantly, I was taught that, one, church isn't isn't about the building. It's about when two or more people come to worship God. Amen. And two, if one part part of the body of Christ is missing, then the body of Christ cannot function as one like God intended it to be. Number three, one of the topics was forgiveness, and it taught me that we should forgive others like the Lord forgave us. And and as I was taught these things, I then began to realize on a deeper level that our goal is to be more like Christ, to give, talk, and walk in Christ as God intended intended for us to do. Forty days of community has shown me all these opportunities that I can take in my spiritual life and give to others. I will take all that I've learned and all the growth that I have and use it for the rest of my life, way beyond these 40 days. Amen. Amen. Isn't that the prayer? So that we can be equipped, right, to feel better and to live victorious lives. But, but to see that the victory that I have is going to sustain me and equip me for the rest of my life. Did you hear what Dawson said? The things that he learned, he said he's gonna, he, he sees it as... Something that he's going to need for the rest of his life. We're never going to make it. We're never going to outgrow the fact that we need to keep growing. And I believe he sees that and understands that. And that's maturity, guys. Spiritual maturity already in that young man. Praise God. Someone say praise God. Look at that next point. We learned about reaching out together. Faith without works is 
And if we're not reaching out into the world for God's glory to be a mouthpiece, we are failing and we are losing a spiritual battle. You better believe the devil's speaking out. You better believe the devil's reaching out. So why is the church sitting like this? Waiting for their neighbor to be the answer to the prayer, to the problem. Hope my neighbor answers the call. Hope my neighbor's giving their tithe so that we can keep the air on. The devil is not doing this. You better believe he is active and working. You better believe he has an agenda. And so we learn that we need to be reaching out. Part of our mission statement is literally on these four, these, these blue banners. What does it say? That's one of our mission statements. We want to reach out and raise people up. We don't just want to reach out, give them a handout. We want to help people. But we, want to, we don't want to stop there. We want God's love to go deeper. We want to, we want to pull them out of their mess. Put clothes on. We want, we, want to, we want to help them. Let them. Hopefully they know they're a child of God, that they're the head and not the tail, that they're the top and not the bottom, and that what they put their hands to can prosper and succeed. We want to equip them to walk that and live that out. We need to be a reaching out type of church. And this is what I know about God's love. Faith has to be expressed. It can't be an imaginary prayer that I just say in my mind, quiet and still, like, God, I love you in my mind. If you really love God, His love will be expressed in a real, tangible way. Faith, the Bible says, is dead without works. Let's read it. James 2, 14 through 17. It says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, I don't want to add to God's word, but say you have love, but don't show it by your actions. Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, oh, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless, someone say unless. It produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. And I really think the image that the church has by the world, not that what they think or say matters, because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is what God says. But we should be a reflection of who Jesus is. And a lot of churches have a bad rap. Because this is what they do. They say God loves you, but at the end of the day, there is no physical work to prove to that individual that, you know what, God does love me. God does forgive me. God is for me. God can help me. This Jesus guy can work. He don't just work. He transforms. He sets free. The Bible says, who the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus works. He's the dude. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the first. He's the last. He's the king of kings. If he's the king of kings, you better tell somebody and then show them. Tell them and show them. Look at that last point. I get done on time today. So this was our challenge that I kind of opened up with today. Let's, let's ask ourselves a question. Let's ask 
this question, right? Now what? Let's say that together. Now what? What now, Pastor Ian? That all sounded cool, all sounded good, had some good testimonies today. Now what? Our prayer is that we'll look back on these 40 days and not say, look what we did. You remember that Sunday when, when Jonathan and Marshall and Dawson got up on stage and shared how awesome God was and what happened? Look what God did, look what we did. But rather, let's say, look what we started. I want you to write that down. Look what God started. There's our challenge. If God started something, we have a responsibility to be a good stewards of that gift. If he started it, he wants us to finish it. Right? So this is just the beginning. So don't stop now. Momentum and victory is ours. Can I share something else really good? So one of our small group leaders, Corey, and, and his wife, Brittany, he texted me this week. He was so fired up. He said, Pastor Ian, i got to ask you a question. The small group that we had when we met last week, they were... They were all sad because small group was coming to an end, he said, already. Our small groups normally go longer than, longer than six weeks, but for this specific campaign that we did, we just did six weeks. And as I got that message, you better believe when I read that message, I was like super excited inside. I was like, Holy Spirit got them. He said, the, 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 and they, they've been running about 13 to 15 people every I'm going to plug it for you. Wednesday nights here at the church, this is one of the only groups we had that wasn't in someone's home. At 6.30 on Wednesday nights, he said, can we keep going? I said, brother, that's been my prayer. And they came to me and asked. I said, you got my blessing, brother. So if any of the other small groups want to continue to do that, they're just going to continue to do a Bible study. They're just going to open up God's word. Imagine that. You don't need a fancy DVD. You don't need Pastor Rick Warren preaching and teaching to you. They're going to open up God's word and let the Holy Spirit preach and teach. So if you ain't got nothing to do Wednesday night, 6.30 here at the church, you can come be part of that small group. They've been eating pretty good too, I heard. Amen. If any of the other small group leaders want to continue to do that too, you have my complete blessing to get with them and keep meeting on the night you've been meeting at the location you've been meeting at. So we have the momentum and the victory, guys. Look at that last scripture I want to leave you with today. Hebrews 10. 24 through 25, it says, Let us think of ways to what? Motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And not let us neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We need to encourage and motivate each other. And in small groups, that's exactly what happens. In small groups you realize, you know what? Pfft, I'm not the only one with these issues. I'm not the only one with these tests and trials. I'm the only one that's been feeling this way. In small groups, you realize, you know what? I ain't running alone. Come on, somebody. There are other people. They're all running a specific personal race, but a lot of our eternal race, there's, a, there's some meshing going on. You know what? I'm running the same type of race. And we motivate and encourage each other. Yesterday was Veterans Day. So I guess this is my little Veterans Day plug right at the end. Do we have any veterans in the house? We got a special gift for you at the end of today. Praise God. Thank you for those hands. Right after we get to uh, pray and close to our altar call, we're going to uh, honor you guys.
But what I was thinking of, thinking of Veterans Day, I'm talking about realizing you're not running together. Y'all veterans that raise your hand, y'all remember boot camp? All that running and marching and formation. But you know what? When you run in formation with a group of people, you will go a whole lot farther. Somebody say farther than you ever thought, dreamed, or imagined. You might could run 25 miles. You didn't even know you had that in you. How'd you do that? Because you had others running with you. You might have had a drill instructor who might have been saying some choice words and singing some songs that we probably can't sing here. But the Holy Spirit was just showing me how awesome if God's people, if we... If we were marching in step in God's plan and purpose, running together in step in God's plan and purpose, running a race together, what can't we do? Come on, give Jesus a shout. What can't you do? What can't God accomplish through us? Amen. Y'all join me in prayer as we close. So I just want to pray over us real quick. I, I, I promised you as I was speaking today, there'll be a moment for you to pray to accept Jesus Christ. And so that moment has come today. I don't know if you've been living for Jesus for maybe a day, a week, a year, 10 years, 50 years. I don't know, but if only you know the, the condition of your life and, and how it really looks. And so if you're here today and, and the Holy Spirit and God has revealed to you that the condition of your life is it's not pleasing to Him, well, man, that's, that's rectify that. Let's change that. That excites me. Because there's still hope. God forgives. You can get up out of here and walk out of here victorious in Jesus' name. I promise you. But it's going to take faith. As we just read, faith without works is dead. And, and, and so I don't want you just to say a prayer in your, in your mind. I want you to show God that you hear what He's saying to you. How do I do that? If you want to pray to accept Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you to do one or two things. Something physical to prove that your faith is alive. Not so that somebody can see you. No one's looking at you. No one's watching you. But if you want to pray to accept Jesus Christ, then I want you to lift your hand up real high right now. Lift it up or stand up. Come on, somebody. There's people raising their hands. Come on, Jesus. I thank you for your spirits alive. Just keep lifting it up for a few minutes, a few moments, I mean. I just want to pray over you. I want you to know God loves you. God knows your name. God knows your struggles. The Bible says he formed you and fashioned you in your mother's womb. And you have his grace and favor upon you. If you've got something you need to confess to, I want you to do it right now. Just in a still, quiet voice. Say, God, forgive me. Just forgive me. Just begin to ask him. Just begin to ask him. I want to pray over all of us. You may lower those hands. Praise God. God's family is growing. His forever family. God is forever. I want to lead us in a prayer. I want everybody to, to say it loud and proud. It's going to go like this. Heavenly Father. God, we love you. We believe in you. We confess. That Jesus is Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. Send the Holy Spirit to redeem my future. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Man, praise God. I hope you're excited you came to church today. We're about to dismiss. I got one more thing we're going to do. Babe, can you grab my bag for me. If you raise your hand, if you're a veteran, come up front real quick. Y'all being shy now? Thought we had a couple others, didn't we? Just me and Rob? 
Jimmy, oh, he took, yeah, somebody grab Jimmy. Can you grab him for me, Marshall? He hates being in front, being recognized for stuff because he's so, so good. And Come up here, sir. So I guess we're the only three veterans. Amen. Where'd you serve? What branch? Uh, U.S. Army. Uh, I was stationed in Germany, California, New Jersey. More, more places that I can think of. Praise God. Thank you for your service, sir. Where did I, you serve and what branch? I was in the Army National Guard here in Cullman. Uh, infantry Division. And, and I want to share something with you. Met a gentleman at Jack's the other night, just random guy, and uh, thanked him for his service and told him that I'd served. But we had church in Jack's. <laughs> you can have church anywhere, right? Hallelujah. Amen. And I served in the Navy for a few years in 2009 to about 2011, 12, and been all over the world. If you know my testimony, you know I got kicked out of the Navy because I acted like an idiot. I wasn't living for Jesus. I still serve my nation. Here's a $25 gift card, Cracker Barrel. Thank $25 you. gift card over Cracker Barrel. I guess I get one. Jessica, you want to pray over us? I don't want to pray over myself and us. I need somebody to pray over us. Just put her on the spot. Oh, here we, yeah, here we go. Pete. How could I forget about Pete? Y'all give Pete a hand. Our Celebrate Recovery Pastor. Love you, sir. Hey, listen, when, when, when we talk about service, and we talk about service a lot in church, you think of men like this and the, and the ladies that have served also. Service, service is just love and work clothes. Keep that in mind, okay? Yeah. That's all it is, and these gentlemen uh, epitomize that. These are these are brothers. These are these are leaders for me. They are they are mentors to me, and I appreciate them, and I love these guys. So it's my honor to pray over you, gentlemen, real quick. If you would, y'all join with me. Yes, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you, Father. We thank you, Lord, Father. We lift up the name of Jesus, and we lift up these men and these women, Lord, that that serve and have served faithfully, Lord. Yes, Lord. They have they have served and, and and protected our freedom, Father, and that we. We ask that you bless them and, and, and you still continue to protect them, Father, that they may be the ambassadors for Christ that you have called them to be. Even though they no longer wear the uniform, they, they are still servants in the hearts and they are, they are examples to us, Lord, and we are grateful for that. Father, we ask that you go and continue to do this for the rest of the day. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank, Thank you, you so much, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your service, brother. Amen. Well, we do love you. You are officially dismissed. Now you already go to lunch.